This is The Forefront, a Ryerson podcast about big problems and smart solutions. I'm Amanda Capito. So here's the problem. Canadians are facing a fast-changing economy, more so than ever because of the pandemic. There's a lot happening that calls for an adjustment of skills, which will be key for both individuals and our entire economy. This year, the Conference Board of Canada reported that nearly one in five Canadian employees are in occupations at high risk of automation, with few or no options to transition. And on top of that, as we approach building a recovery strategy from the pandemic, we're seeing issues with equality, diversity and inclusion only becoming magnified. Pedro Barada is the executive director of the Future Skills Centre, which is a Ryerson think tank that is gaining and sharing insights into the labour market of today and the future. Pedro says the people who bear the brunt of barriers include women, young people, newcomers and racialized populations. Those are groups that already came into uh, uh, COVID facing significant barriers, lower wages, uh, less access to training, uh, fewer opportunities, higher unemployment, a greater sense of precarity. Um, And what we're seeing is that it's exactly those industries uh, like hospitality, like retail, that have been really impacted by COVID and that need to be front and center in terms of how we think about a recovery uh, that includes everyone. And unless we actually uh, uh, do the extra work to engage communities uh, that are um, further from the center, uh, to ensure that we design programs that recognize the need to address multiple barriers, that we think about um, the need to uh, not just train people, but also how we work with employers to, for example, uh, address, uh, address issues around racism. Um, Unless we do all of these things and apply a diversity, inclusion, and equity lens into skills development, um, we're really going to leave a lot of people behind. And we we can't afford to do that. We can't afford to do that because Canada's economy is going to need all hands on deck. We're going to need everyone at their best. And it's really important uh, that um, uh, that we're very deliberate about a lens that is about including everyone in an agenda for shared prosperity. The Future Skills Centre, alongside its partners, the Conference Board of Canada and Blueprint, are helping with that agenda by offering programs like NPower. What NPower is doing is actually meeting a need around IT skills um, and bringing in uh, populations that have been traditionally left out of the IT industry and reaching into those communities, letting them know uh, about some of the opportunities that are available, providing some of the mentoring and supports uh, that would be required to to you know break down barriers that might be caused by um, you know trauma or uh, you know poverty or lack of childcare or unaffordable housing. Figuring out some of the barriers that get in the way uh, for a young person uh, to even get into a training program, and then once you get into that training program, understanding that the skills are important, the hard skills are important around IT. Uh, but that we also need to provide wraparound supports, right, of ongoing mentoring, uh, of just being, uh, ensuring that we are there to address the uh, the comprehensive uh, social and emotional needs of young people as they take on a new learning experience and potentially take on a new career. Like Philsan Kulain. I am an Empower Class 3 graduate from the Toronto cohort. And I am currently working at RBC uh, in the payments area as a program control officer. But back in 2012, she was not in the same place. 
She had to prematurely end pursuing a Bachelor of Health Science and felt a bit lost. Yeah, that was pretty, probably one of my low points was just being stuck and kind of not knowing what's next and what to do and what are my options, essentially, because not, not knowing what your options are is quite difficult. You don't even know where to begin, right? Soon after, her cousin told her about the NPower program. So I went for it and I wasn't expecting um, much out of it. I never considered tech as an industry that I'd pursue. Um, especially being a woman, I never felt like um, tech was something that I could be good at. I didn't believe that it was for me. And I always viewed tech as an industry that was very uh, male-dominated as well as very technical, just a tech industry technical. Um, so that's kind of where I was. I was at a crossroads kind of thinking, what's next? What do I do? And I thought, let me just spend 16 weeks on something, see where it takes me. And it was literally the best 16 weeks of my life. Like, it was amazing. I learned so much, uh, not only about technology, but also about um, personal development, professional development. I networked an insane amount. I still have connections with people I networked with in the program. Um, and being a woman in technology, I feel like networking is That networking piece was a very intentional part of the program. Here's Pedro again. You have to recognize that young people who may be racialized, right, who who may not have uh, much of a history in the workplace, are going to go into workplaces um, that need to be prepared uh, to, to also become mentors and to build the capacity of young people to be at their best. So one of the things that NPower does is that in addition to working with communities, to recruit young people and then working with those young people is that they work with employers so that the employer will also be ready to address issues around multiple barriers and be ready to uh, capitalize on all of the talent uh, that that Empower graduates are bringing to that equation. And looking ahead, Pedro says there are a lot of factors that are going to impact the job market. Top of the list uh, is technological change. And um, not only did we already know that that was going to be a feature of uh, uh, really driving some of the transformation that we're going to be seeing. But under COVID, we're actually a, 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 we're experiencing an, an acceleration in terms of what the role of AI and automation uh, is going to mean in terms of the, the need for Canadians to really develop digital fluency. He says that digital fluency is going to be essential and should be equated with other foundational skills like reading and writing. We're also uh, increasingly understanding that uh, alongside those those foundational skills, social and emotional skills are going to be absolutely essential in uh, in an environment where your job, your career uh, is going to continuously change. And in that environment, we're going to need Canadians to be resilient, to be nimble, to be comfortable in that kind of change, to also um, have uh, what are called global competencies, which are uh, really those skills that enable you to to work in teams and to work with people who come from different perspectives, different backgrounds, um, and that work with you in a a team setting. Uh, We used to refer to these skills as soft skills, uh, but in fact, I think we need to think about them more as the powerful skills of the future. And I think that between uh, digital fluency and the importance of understanding and embracing social and emotional skills, uh, these will be um, uh, sort of like the the table stakes and foundation for any job in any industry, which will complement, of course, industry-specific skills. 
Ultimately, Pedro says the core to the solution is innovation. If we are going to uh, truly meet the challenge of a fast-changing economy and ensure that all Canadians have the confidence that they need and the skills that they need to meet that challenge and contribute to our shared prosperity, then we're going to have to treat innovation not as a, an elite sport, but as something that all of us can participate in. And the challenge right now is that there isn't a lot of support for innovation within skills development. And there also isn't um, enough of a practice around it so that we, uh, we have some of the playbooks that are required to know how is it that we become more client-centered? How is it that we adapt and leverage technology in ways that uh, make skills development easier to access? Um, how is it that we become more responsive to the needs of employers and really engage them in the conversation? And very importantly, how is it that we actually become comfortable with measuring outcomes and measuring how we're doing and what works and what doesn't? And so what we're trying to do is really to create a safety net for uh, a sector that has not had the investment and support um, uh, historically in incentivizing uh, that innovation, in doing things differently, in taking some risks, and in going a little bit outside of the box. And our job is really to provide that safety net for that risk taking. He says an example of that change is to shift from thinking quarter to quarter to thinking five years down the road. And so um, our unique value add in skills development is that we can provide that longer term perspective with support both around dollars as well as capacity to enable that kind of thinking and visioning and really um, uh, support people in taking a leap that otherwise they will, uh, uh, they will not be supported to take. And as part of that, uh, to also create a learning culture that really understands that anytime you're gonna take risks, um, sometimes you're going to fail, right? Sometimes you're going to uh, sometimes you're going to do great, but sometimes you're going to fail, and that's okay. We need to learn from that. We need to learn from what doesn't work, so that we can create more playbooks about what does work. And so our job is um, is is really to create that environment where innovation becomes something that is embraced by more and more and more organizations and skills development, and doesn't become just uh, you know. Uh, something that a few elite organizations do. Wrapping up, it's clear that there are a lot of moving parts with regard to the Canadian economy and job market, but I'm glad there are places like the Future Skills Centre dedicated to preparing our workforce and empowering people like Phil Sen. A final word from Pedro about Ryerson's role in all of this. Uh, Ryerson is not uh, the kind of post-secondary education institution uh, that puts up big walls and sits in an ivory tower. And uh, although our, uh, you know, the, the work of Ryerson on the academic front uh, is excellent, in addition to that, it's also really turned to solving community problems, to engaging business around understanding how we can build shared prosperity. And in having a lens uh, that is really about ensuring that everybody can get ahead um, and that we really, uh, we, we really embrace uh, a diversity, equity and, uh, and inclusion lens in everything that we do. So you put all of that together and you think about how is it that we build opportunity? How is it that we bring education, employers, community, labor, how you government, how you bring all of those sectors together? That's very much in Ryerson's DNA. And so it, it's, a, it's a natural fit for uh, an organization like Ryerson to uh, be out front in terms of uh, thinking about innovation um, and uh, taking risks in ways that brings everybody along and can really create new insights in terms of how we're, we're all going to succeed together. 
this podcast was created for alumni and friends by University Advancement at Ryerson. Special thanks to our guests on today's episode, Philsan Kulane and Pedro Barada. I'm your host and proud Ryerson grad, Amanda Capito. For more information about the Future Skills Center and more episodes of this podcast and others, visit ryerson.ca slash alumni slash podcasts.